If you missed last week's episode of The Barn Burner, here's what you missed. He looks at my friend where, uh, in the baseball hoodie and says, oh, like you let you watch baseball, you play? He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, all right, I have one question for you. You have the option. You're like, you know, you're building a fantasy team. And it's like, who's the first person you pick? Now tell me, Sal, who is the first person? You have anyone in the league to pick from. Who's the first person you pick? Mike Trout. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome to this episode of the Barn Burner, Sal Minato, alongside Mike Vlardy and our second official guest on the show, show Carl Neff. Carl, how are you? Hey, guys. <laughs> oh, I'm, doing, I'm doing great. You know, nothing like uh, kicking back and doing a podcast with the boys. That's what I'm saying. That's what we like to see. Vlardy, how, how is it? How's it got hanging over there in center each? Doing good. You know, the good old reach Long Island. I mean, you're not too far over, but we got our good friend Carl here. Yes. Carl, where are you again? Where, oh, where, where am I currently? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm actually in Sale's basement. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. No, uh, I'm from Utica, New York, uh, and that is where I'm kind of know. You guys are you guys are downstate, right? And I'm the only guy that's way up here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I know Utica. I know Utica from the Comets. You know that yeah. AHL team. We got the Comets. That's yeah. the, got the best com- thing You got Comets. That's all you now, really need. I was toying around with the idea of having Carl on after the playoffs, right? But then I'm sitting in my in the work truck today and i'm like you know what the ravens are playing this weekend though so like just in case they lost we gotta have him on before the show to see what he thinks about it so carl is a ravens fan might add a ravens expert analysis uh so you know we're we're here already but first we got to talk about the blockbuster trade for mr michael velarde's mets oh my god now now velarde before we break down the trade i just need to ask you this question you know, like when when you start to see super like teams form, right? Does is there any concern factor that sets in a little bit? <laughs> Sal, this is where this is where we change because you look at super teams, you look at the Dodgers, you look at the Yankees, you look at the Astros. If you want to call them a super team with their scandal, whatever, now they're losing, whatever. They have the problem, Sal, is that they have to worry about money. But you know you don't have to worry about with the Mets? That exact problem. I understand that. But just because he has all these billions of dollars and there's no cap in the MLB, you just can't buy everybody you want. No, I know. I know. And that's have and no more money. The, the Dodgers, because the Dodgers, I'm pretty sure, have gotten practically every big name that's ever hit the free agent market. A market. Right. I think every year they've gotten at least one big name out of that free agent market. Most notably Nookie, Nookie, <laughs> Mookie Betts from uh, two years ago now. But – it doesn't change the fact that, I mean, yes, what the Met, the Mets are, they probably are just going to be another super team. They might even be another Dodgers team where that's going to be a while to really get them going, even though they have the personnel. But I'm just happy that, you know, things are happening. I'm happy that things are changing and things are happening. It just feels like a different, a new breath of life for a lot of Mets fans like myself. You know, you come out of last season, you have a pre, you have a decent offense, but your your pitching in your rotations really what kind of um, scummed you out of any real good winning games because you had a you had a, a bullpen that would always collapse and a closers that would collapse. So now that you're kind of going out there, you get Carrasco, you get Lindor, you get um, McCann, you get mm-hmm. Trevor May, you get Stroman back. Syndergaard's gonna come back now. Your offense is kind of set in the sense that you're comfortable with where you're standing, and they're look hoping to get some more. I think they just got a couple of other minor league deals for some bullpen guys. 
that I'm just kind of excited that they're make that they're doing things. Sal, that that's what it is. It's just they're doing things. And the, as a Mets fan, you can't say that often that the team is doing things. Right. Now, I, for you guys, for I can look at you. I can I can ask both of you, but I'm gonna ask Sale too. Looking at this trade, I've seen a lot of one-sided trades in all sports. Do you think this was really one-sided towards the Mets, or do you think it was an even trade at the end of the day? Well, you know, the thing is, I was waiting to see, you know, because I've talked about this a couple times now this week, and I don't know if I've mentioned it to Velarde, but I truly think Pete Alonso will not be a Met uh, in the recent in, in, the, in the upcoming years. And the reason I say that is because the team relies on Dom Smith a lot to play, and I think that the way the Mets are going, they're a very contact-hitting team, and Alonso doesn't hit contact. Um, so I thought Alonzo or Syndergaard were going to, were going to be in this trade because, you know, it kind of was one-sided, but you know what? I mean, they did get Andres Jimenez. They also did get, um, a Rosario. Couple, they got Ahmed Rosario, which aren't slouches in the MLB. I mean, Jimenez is up and coming and Rosario is a decent shortstop. Um, so, you know, it's interesting to me, but the thing that concerns me is, you know, just like I said, you know, like when you go down the years, like the Mets, you know, I don't want them to just buy in this year. You know, it's Steve Cohen's first year as the owner. I don't, I don't, there's no reason that they need to just buy all in one year. You know, you got to build throughout your lifetime, you know, cause it doesn't seem like Steve Cohen's going to go anywhere. Obviously this is only his first year as an owner and want to see where the team goes, but you know, kind of on your point, you know, you don't want to dump all your chips into one basket in the first season. You gotta, you know, they're going to need reliever depth, coming in you know that's probably the sec- the next weakest link on the Mets in the Mets you know rotation but you know Carl do you think that the Indians are gonna now are they in a full rebuild mode now with giving away Lindor and Carrasco or what do you think well I feel like in any team you look at when you give away key players like that it's like and you trade in for younger guys I don't know if it's a see the potential see where they grow and give them a chance kind of deal or if it is a total rebuild mode um and i mean being honest my expertise in this isn't a lot but just seeing in a lot of teams where you trade these it's a blockbuster trade because you're trading these huge guys for really some younger talent i mean i compare to things like and we can look back and age ourselves not really but like i look back with like lebron pushing the trade for all those guys going to the pelicans for um anthony Anthony Davis, davis right yeah so now we're seeing the pelicans i mean the pelicans are still like I, I don't know if that was a rebuild. It seemed like they had a bunch of young guys and they worked to build up and they did get better. But that's something where I look at comparisons, you know, to multiple sports, multiple leagues. And this is the closest comparison I can get where you bring in these young guys and the Indians need something. And maybe this is a rebuild period for them. Yeah. You know, now the other question I have for, you know, either of you can answer it, but, you know, obviously Mets probably out on the Trevor Bauer uh, train, most likely out on DJ LeMahieu and and probably George Springer, you know, Carl or Velarde, do you think either of those players still need to sign with the Mets? Or do you think the Mets now, you know, they said they're not done, but it doesn't have to be necessarily getting a big name guy. I think the next biggest need is relief pitching, in my personal opinion, not being a Mets fan, you know, but I want to hear from you guys what you think needs to be done next, or do you sit out? No, I mean, personally, the only thing is that with the Mets and that, especially with people, someone like George Springer, he's... He's too expensive. I heard that his asking price is one seventy five, and I know that I was literally just telling you about, oh well, they have Steve Cohen money, and no one has Steve Cohen money. But 
I don't know. I, I think that there's a point that, I, that you just kind of got to say, okay, let's see what we have. And let's just work with what we have and don't just rush out the old and end with the new kind of thing. Let's just stick with what we have. I think that uh, Lindor is the last big name that they're really going to get. I know after that trade happened, Bauer tweeted out and was like interesting and kind of like hinting that he was interested. But I mean, he loves stirring the pot. He always sits there and he always kind of tweets about what other teams are doing just to kind of keep the fans engaged, which I like. I think it's a nice thing to do. But um, going back to what you said earlier about Dom Smith and how you don't think that Pete Alonso is going to stay around for too long. I think that quite the contrary, actually. I think that Dom Smith going to hopefully be more of a DH spot and then switch off for first baseman when Pete, when Pete Alonso needs a break because I love Dom Smith bat. At the end of the season before he got injured, so I think it would be 2018, he he was he wasn't really that good. He was I you know I knew I knew him as a power hitter, but he wasn't really that good defensively. And then coming into 2019, he got that injury, and then he lost but he lost all that weight. He got that injury, and then he comes back into like the last game, and then he hits that walk off home run as the last game for the Mets. And then it goes into 2020 where it becomes a more consistent roster spot lineup spot and you start to see his play start to develop. He's hitting home runs, he's getting on base, and even his defensive side is very very good. So. I think that they can use both of them between Pete Alonzo and uh, Dom Smith and kind of try to alternate them and keep them going back and forth between each other as a good um, one and two option. And if not, I mean, I'm okay with them trading Dom Smith. I'm not okay with them trading Pete Alonzo just because Pete Alonzo is Pete Alonzo and Dom Smith is great. And I love him. I love every either or both of them are very good that I both want them to stay. But I think when it comes down to it, you kind of have the rookie of the year. With, and then holding the record for the most home runs in a rookie season. You can't really give that up. Um, either or, though, I think that if any of them move, I just hope it's a trade that's worth that's worth it in the long run. You know, I, I hope the best for both of them, even if they, their uh, tenure on the Mets is not as uh, long as I would hope. Do you think Linder is a player for the long run, too? Do you think he's going to stick around? Uh, well, his contract right now, I think he has like a year left on that contract. I know they're trying to extend him. I hope they do extend him because honestly, if he ends up walking in free agency, you got rid of both of your two best options for a shortstop in that one trade. And both of them, you know, they're another great one and two option talking about what happened with Dom Smith and Pete Alonso. They're both, they're, they're basically the dynamic duo of shortstop. Cause when Rosario went down, Jimenez came up, I picked him up on fantasy. I mean, he was stealing bases, getting, you know, multi-base hits, uh, I think he was batting over 300 for like that whole stint he was kind of up there for. He's a, a Jimenez is a great guy, and Rosario's defense is also great. Both of them are great one and two options, and I'm happy to see them, you know, moving to a team where they're going to have another great future. Not saying that it wasn't on the Mets, but to kind of basically trade two really good shortstops for one very good shortstop and then kind of holding, hoping to build around the team in the long run. Uh, I really hope Lindor stays. If he doesn't stay, then I think that that trade is easily a winning a win for the Indians. Yeah, in my opinion, he's got to stay. He's got to sign because if they're in a win now, you know, that's just going to piss off Met fans more. You know, you sign mm-hmm. Lindor, one of the best shortstops in the league. You let him walk after the season. Let's just say they lose in the, you know, league conference, uh, conference championship. Like then it's going to be, and then he walks, you know, and then there's another big name floating around Chris Bryant, who's a third baseman from the Cubs. There's been a little talk about him possibly coming to the Mets. If I'm a Mets fan, I, or Mets organization, I wait till the deadline, try to get him at a lesser deal, lesser price uh, at the trade deadline, see where they're at in the middle of the year. Cause you know, 
the Mets, they're really good in the beginning and really good at the end of the year. You always got to worry about the middle of the season. That's when the Mets struggle the most. If they can have success in all three phases of the season, they're going to be good this year. Yeah, I think that's a big thing is that they just kind of have to have that chill, like that strength. And that's, you know, that's something that with the Mets, the only thing, the only concern, I wouldn't say it's a concern. I like Luis Rojas as a manager. It was his first time ever managing in the big leagues last season. And it kind of was shown that maybe he has some questionable moves. It was a lot of uh, taking pitchers out at early times. There was a couple of messed ups here and there, mishaps with pitching and taking pitchers out. But I think that, you know, it was, he's a homegrown guy. He's been in the Mets organization for as long as practically for as long as I can remember. And, you know, you get, you, you, you live and you learn. So if Sandy Alderson and Steve Cohen are still committed to this Luis Rojas, and I have faith in both of them in the owners and the GM right now, or what would or the president of baseball operations, I should say the GM is really Jared Porter, but I, I have faith in this, uh, this executive office that if they still want to move forward with Luis Rojas, then by all the power, I'm okay with that. If it doesn't work out, that it doesn't work out. You live and you learn, you move on. This isn't like a, a must-win-now scenario for the Mets where they have like four expiring contracts, half their roster is getting old. It's a, it's a young group of guys who are all playing in their peak, and they're they're going to be good for about the next two to three years for these players where you can, you know, you can you could make one, a, a switch here or there if needed. Well, you know, obviously blockbuster deal, probably the biggest news that's happened this week in sports uh, was that Mets deal. Um, obviously, hockey camps have started. I don't really want to touch on it much. I kind of want to do a show early on next week, Velarde, right before hockey starts. So we'll do yeah. we'll save that for early. We'll, in the week. we'll so talk about that later. We're going to skip over hockey. But now let's get to football. Super wild card weekend. Um, you know, let's just talk about each one of these games, you, you know, kind of just give our thoughts on the games individually. So we'll start with tomorrow's games first, the one o'clock game. Colts, Bills. Carl, what do you like about the game? So there's a lot to like. In a lot of these picks, you see a lot of people saying like, oh, it could be one-sided or others, but Colts are one of those teams, it's kind of a sleeper. Like, it's one of those where anything can really happen, but at the same time, the Bills have been looking really, really good this year. Uh, Josh Allen has been on fire, as well as Stephon Diggs as well, too. And that's something, when they get hot, when they get rolling, you know, they're, they're unstoppable. But not to mention, I mean, in the last game where the Dolphins that you would think coming in had a chance, it wasn't just, you know, the offense that took over. The defense took over. Special teams took over. So the Bills have a lot more than just Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. And that kind of makes me lean way more towards the Bills in this situation. Yeah, you know, I, I'm, I, I did pick Bills also. But, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. And I've kind of been telling everybody this, you know, the biggest Bills problem is their run game. And their run defense, you know, Singletary and Moss, both, I don't even think broke 300, you know, over like 500 yards a piece this year. It wasn't a thousand yard rush duo. And you would think that with, you know, at the end of the game, you're winning big, but they just can't get it together. They each had a few big runs, you know, in the Colts, Jonathan Taylor, he's up there for a, you know, he's probably not going to win it, but he is a rookie of the year candidate. He was voted, uh, I think in the, there's five of them. He is one of them. And, you know, the Colts are a, are a – they're not a no-joke defense either. They're top three defense in the league. Uh, Bills haven't gone against one of these defenses at all this season, um, except if you really – you know, because Pittsburgh, when they played them, was not top five by any means late in the year. So, to me, that's going to be the biggest thing, the run game of Buffalo and the run defense of Buffalo. Because if they're off the field, if the Colts are running all over, and even if they're getting three points here and there and the Colts win the time possession, it's going to be hard. 
Yeah, uh, with this one, I'm going to go with the Bills. and Because my, my thing right now is that the Bills can be, I don't want to say bad teams, but they can beat teams that are not as good as them. And I don't think the Colts are there yet. I think Phillip Rivers is a great quarterback, and I think that they've had a lot of success with him. But I don't think that it's going to be able to beat the Bills. I think the Bills are still kind of riding off this playoff hype, especially if they're going to end up having fans uh, – in Orchard Park. Is that, is that what they play? Orchard Park? Yeah. Yeah. They play in yeah. Orchard Park. New That's York, what it's called. Yeah. yeah. But um, still, I I really think the Bills are going to at least take this first game. I don't think they're going to go down with out of nowhere. Um, We'll see who they face in the second round, but I, I definitely have them moving out of the first round. Now, just to play devil's advocate and really thinking about it, things that you would look at that might worry you about the Bills would be Josh Allen's, Josh Allen's past performances. Now, I'm not just saying this because I'm a Ravens fan, you know, but everyone gets really critical on Lamar and his playoff performance. But don't want to be that guy. But Josh Allen's kind of seen the same track in the past two years in the playoffs. Now, last year in the playoffs, I think they still could have won the first round. But that's besides the point. But the fact is, I think the Bills still have more in case Josh Allen doesn't do good. In case he's a little bit off, which I highly doubt, they still have enough behind them to support them. And I think the biggest thing for Josh Allen is that this game – doesn't really have to rely so much on him. I think he's going to help a lot, but it's going to build his confidence so that he knows in the playoffs going to the next round, that's going to build his confidence. And I think he's going to do great. Yeah, I agree. He needs to know that he could play in the playoffs. He doesn't want to be, you know, that quarterback, not to, uh, you know, pull your fucking strings here, but he doesn't, I don't want to, he doesn't want to be another quarterback that says, Oh, well, he's good in the regular season, but he hits sure. the playoffs. And then all of a sudden his team can't seem to win. Now I'm not saying it's entirely on Lamar. I'm not saying it's entirely on Josh Allen, but you don't want to be in that position. No quarterback wants to be in that position. So I think that for Josh Allen, this is kind of his prove it moment. You know, you've kind of, you came all this way, you won the division title, you, you, had some rough starts early in the season when it comes to playing the Chiefs and the Titans, but then you go out, you beat the Seahawks, and you move forward, and now you're finally here in the playoffs, and your first opponent's the Colts. Now I'm not saying the Colts are gonna they're gonna walk over the Col- the Colts, but they they gotta they gotta play their game, and I think the Bills game can beat the Colts game at what it, what it should be, and I think that this is a good prove it game for Josh Allen, and I have the Bills. All right, moving on to the 440 game tomorrow. Rams Seahawks Seahawks won the NFC West quiet. 12 and 14. A lot of people are not talking about the Seahawks right now because they were such an early rising team. Kind of plateaued a little bit. And here they are again. Rams only allowing 18.5 points per game. We don't know who it's going to be, but it's looking like it's going to be John Walford again, the quarterback who is known for playing in the AAF, played last week, is able to win the game. More so, the defense won the game for the car uh, for the Rams against the Cardinals, but it's going to be Rams Seahawks. In Seattle, Carl, what are you thinking about the game? Now, it's interesting, these two teams, and uh, maybe it's just an NFC thing or like my feet or whatever, but it really feels like the most, you know, the most you hear about the Seahawks is in the beginning of the season when Russell Wilson was on fire. He was going, going, MVP candidate. I thought he was going to win the MVP this year. Um, as the year went on, I kind of didn't think so, obviously. But um, the, biggest, the biggest teams that I just really don't hear much about is the Rams. That's kind of why I kind of lean way more towards the Seahawks because I think that they can always be a playoff caliber team, but what's killing them is their pass defense. And you're also looking at, you know, the Rams, you know, the Rams quarterback. We don't know if he's going to be able to throw and take advantage of that. It gives him a little bit more advantage because, again, the Seahawks defense, pass defense is not that good. It's kind of a throw up for me. In the end of the day, I definitely think the Seahawks will come out on top, 
And that's not me just picking the high or whatever, but I really think the Seahawks will come out on top versus the Rams. Yeah. Uh, see, I kind of agree with you. I think that the Seahawks, if they could, if, if anyone's going to squeeze one out, it's going to be the Seahawks. But I don't think that it the Rams are going to uh, make it easy for them. The Rams, the Seahawks in general, they always struggle. They always struggle to play against. I wouldn't say uh, bad teams, but teams that you'd kind of expect them to beat here. You know, they almost lost to the Giants a while back, and here they are now playing the Rams. I mean, yeah, they're they're twelve and four. Rams are ten and six, but you know the fact that the Rams haven't. Uh, allow or have only allowed like 18.5 games uh, points per game like you said it's going to be a tough challenge for Russell Wilson and if he wants to kind of put himself back in the right track and show like I I I can be that caliber uh, MVP caliber quarterback that this team needs to I can be the most paid quarterback in the NFL then this is his game like this is this is where you have to go you can't go down easy but I don't think I don't I don't know I personally I like the Rams here because I think the Seahawks are too inconsistent with teams that are not as good as them so personally I'm gonna go with the Rams here but it's gonna be one of the funner match matchups we have uh, I'm going to I'm going to Seattle and I'm just gonna keep this you know quick so we move on but you know I think Seattle to me is the most complete team in the in the NFC to give Green Bay a run you know they did it last year it's the same team just about from last year um, you know Seattle has all three of their running backs healthy now you know Russell Wilson you know his time is the playoffs now this is a division game in the playoffs so it's gonna be a little bit harder than normal just the way the seating works this year but you know Seattle you know. They know what they're doing, you know, and not that McVay doesn't, but if Walford's playing, the offense looks so sluggish and you don't know what Jared Goff you're going to get, even if he does play with a broken thumb. So to me, this is Seattle's game to lose. I know there's no fans, but I'm really, I, I think a lot of people are underestimating Seattle in this game and in the conference. I, I think they're a team that, you know, is only going to be in a conditioned team to go give Green Bay a run if it's Green Bay, Seattle, only because they play in a similar weather. If you go up in Green Bay and you're like a team like Tampa, it's over. It's not going to happen. So speaking of Tampa, we go to the last game on Saturday, Buccaneers and the Washington football team. And this game is interesting. This is, you know, we're not going to talk about it, but we all, if anybody watched football Sunday night, Washington Eagles, it was a little kind of, you know, tanking looked like it was true there uh but we're not going to talk about that it's already a week removed so carl what are your thoughts on the game now this is where we get to and i'm going to say with the next one we talk about too what you want to happen versus what way actually happened i would think personally it'd be hilarious that the red uh, sorry the washington football team wins (laughs) wins this game and upsets tom brady um that would blow my mind especially with all the hype you've had all year about Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay was almost like getting that hype up like the Browns got, then the Browns didn't get the playoffs last year or whatever. But now Tampa Bay has actually shown they got these weapons. They know what they're doing. They're firing. And Tom Brady's been doing really good these past couple games too, which makes me think it's playoff Tom. I think they got this one. Me personally, I don't think they're going to get past this round if I'm really looking ahead, of which don't want to be superstitious at all. Uh, But looking ahead, I don't think Tampa Bay goes any farther than this first round. I think they do – get a shot in the fact, I mean, you look at the AFC, the fact that 10 and six team didn't get in and the Washington football team get in makes you kind of think, all right, how about just Tampa Bay takes this game and just goes on to the next round. Yeah. My thing with Tampa Bay is that they play very, very inconsistently. I mean, they have it right here. They beat the chargers 38 to 31 and struggled to put 20 on against the bears. Like, how do you lose to the bears? 
uh, anyway, moving forward, I mean, they beat and then they beat Tampa. Uh, sorry, they beat Green Bay thirty-eight to ten. Like, how do you, like, you know what I mean? They, they had this very inconsistent play. They got swept by the Saints, and they, the second game was a complete mockery to watch. Like that was thirty-eight to three. That was disgusting to watch. Um, back-to-back losses to the Rams and the Chiefs, and then they come out of the bye week and they went out. But, I mean, no offense to you, Sal, but look at the teams they play out of the bye. The Vikings, the Falcons, the Lions, and then the Falcons again. Those are teams that, you know, you don't really expect to give Tom Brady a tough time. And now here he is in the playoffs. I mean, look what happened last year against the Titans. He got walked. He got ran out. So, personally. Already to jump in quick, do you think they are better than the Washington football team? You know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm saying. That's true. I agree with you. The next round. No, they're done. They're they're so inconsistent. I agree with you. But I know that's the, the one thing that they're the playing football the football team. team. Yeah, but, but this is you know I I I just really want to see one of these one of these East teams. Like, I want but I, going back to when the season first started, one of the NFC East teams. I wanted to see them go far because like as you see it progress, you know like one of these teams is going to get a division title. And now that we have the football team at seven and nine, I just want to see how far they can go because I would just want I like it for just the chaos that it causes. And it's it's like, you know how people call like the the final hour of the one o'clock games, the witching hour, like the three o'clock, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's how they call it the witching hour. This is what it is. It's just the witching hour, but for the season, because it's just like, what the hell's going on? You know, the thing to me is going to be how well or how much Alex Smith is going to play. Yeah. Um, because if Taylor Henneke plays, I mean, they play, he played a quarter, uh, about a full quarter against the Panthers and then they look bad. And then Alex Smith last week against a Philly defense that's, you know, ranked 29th or something like that, 28th in the league, looked bad. I mean, it, it wasn't a great performance to win the division. The defense is, is, you know, I thought it was legit, and that was like the first Washington game I watched, and the front seven's legit, but, I mean, the back half is not. And whether, you know, and, you know I agree with both of you. I think Tampa moves on and then gets eliminated, I, but I do think they get past this round, um, you know. Uh, it's going to be interesting, you know, three games a, a day. It's going to be tough to park yourself for 10 hours on the couch, but if you got the time, you don't want to. I'm going to be working, but once I get out of work and I'm uh, home, I'm home move free. On to Sunday, and the first game is Carl's Ravens looking to get revenge off the Titans from last year's AFC divisional round. And, uh, you know, Carl, let's t- give me your thoughts first on the game and then give me your thoughts as a fan of the team. So you give me both perspectives. So, yes, there is a lot to analyze here. Um, And I would always say big facts, even bigger trust, because that's what's going on. Um, A lot to think about. There's a lot of mental stuff, and I can't – I'm not going to talk too much. We're going to get right to the point. This game's huge. This game is big. Uh, Don't forget, this is going to be the third time that they played uh, this team in – I'll bet you never mind. Two times in 2020. This is the first time in 2021. I forget it was the new year. So – and Lamar has not won against them. Now, the first time he played them, he's played them four times, he's won. But the fact is, it's the playoffs again in the same scenario. Now, they played in the season. What happened? Close game. Ravens were winning at the beginning of the game. Um, and then it all went downhill when he threw like a, a deep pass to Boykin. But like, whatever. It is what it is. Went downhill from there. But they also didn't have a big, like the big guys in the line. Clias Campbell was out. Um, uh, big, big, big baby. I'm forgetting his name at the second, but he was out. No, uh, Williams, Brandon Williams is also out. Those were the two guys that they wanted to have there critical to stop the run game. And they weren't there. It was all relying on Derek Wolf. And I really don't think that 
that helped them in the regards. Though they were winning, it went downhill, lost in overtime. I think that is going to be the crucial thing that does put it in the Ravens' favor. The fact that they got two great run stoppers and Unique Ngakwe on the team now in there to make an impact versus when they lost in overtime earlier in the season. Now, as a fan, anxious. Anxious isn't the word to put it. Are you nervous? Ah. Yeah, I'm 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 nervous. Now, like, for, go for it. I want to give you some clarity as a fan, um, because I'm picking the Ravens, mm-hmm. and a lot of people aren't. Now, here's why I'm picking the Ravens: when you get hot at the right time, yep, 100%. it's very hard to stop. And I think that um, the Titans, if they slow down Derrick Henry, uh, you know, Tannehill and Henry bounce off of each other. They they. They both every game Henry's rushed for 200 yards. Tannehill has three touchdowns. He don't rush for 200 yards. Tannehill has two touchdowns, two interceptions. You know, stats you, you could argue they're terrible. You know, Lamar's 0 and three in the playoffs, right? Or 0 and two? He could be 0 and three. What is it? I think he's 0 and two, right? Or 0 and three in the in the in the Lamar's playoffs. playoffs. Yes, Lamar's 0 and two in the playoffs. 0 and two. So he could potentially be going 0 and three. I mean, it's still early on in his career, but you know, they always have that. They always say that stupid thing. You know, oh well. Oh, and whatever. Manning was 0-3 yeah. when he started. Game, whatever. But, you know, the Titans, to me, their defense, you know, they played the Texans last week. And, I mean, I get it's a divisional game, but that game almost went to overtime. The Ravens recently have been, like, mowing teams down besides the Cleveland game when Lamar came out of the locker room. But ever since that game, then you played the Giants. Formidable win. You know, it's just like they're they're getting they're clicking. You know, Boykin with the deep threats there. You know, it used to be Marquise Brown. Now it's Boykin all of a sudden. Des Bryant's catching the ball. J.K. Dobbins is running the ball well, and here it comes. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm not saying their defense is great. It's not what it was last year, but you just need a little bit. Now, one thing I want to say, and I want to hear what Filardi thinks too. Um, other things to consider that makes you happy to be a, as a Ravens fan is the fact that. A lot of maybe the blame went on last year was the fact that they had two games off, in essence, three weeks off. And that, Lamar kept saying, went to his head. It was, you know, having the rest. Now, like you said, like you're saying, coming off being hot is huge. They want to keep playing. They want to keep, they want to keep it rolling. Um, that makes you excited. But the most thing to be anxious about for me, and again, I want to get to Velarde, is the scare of Lamar losing again. Because his thing was, I want to race the narrative. I want to be done with this. I want to keep, you know, I want to keep proving that. It, I'm a young career. I look at all the quarterbacks that drafted before me, and Baker, first round, finally gets to the playoffs. But he's held to the standard comparing him to Pat Mahomes all the time that it's, you got to keep doing it. But then, then you can point to people like Peyton Manning, lost his first three playoff games, and then went to have a crazy career. But um, I want to hear what you have to say, Bilardi. So... I'm not gonna lie. Sal knows how I've how I felt about the Baltimore Ravens team. Is that I, listen? I like them. I like the. T- I have family in Baltimore. They're a big Ravens fan. I was happy for them when they won. What back? What when was that? 2013, 2012. I was happy for them. But there's one thing that I like. I, it's Lamar Jackson in the playoffs. That really is the big question mark to me. And. I understand That's new everybody. season, wash away with wash away the past, you know, three times a charm. Shout out to Pat Ching with the whole flip the record. That's that buddy's he's trying to flip the record, you know, 0 2, trying to go 1 and 2. But one big thing that stuck with me that uh, Lamar Jackson said earlier in the season is that he was saying, like, it feels like the other team just knows what we're going to play, what knows what play we're going to do before we even call it. And that to me is the biggest 
red flag in that you, you got to work something out. Now, obviously they come out the season, they go on a three game losing streak, end up with the Steelers and then they won out. But at the same time, you know, you don't know what the, you know, it's the playoffs. People just prepare differently. There's different things that are going on in people's heads. And I think that the Titans, you know, this, I mean, obviously it's another, it's no one's first rodeo in the playoffs. And the Titans, you know, they come out last year and they beat the Patriots. So now they're back in the playoffs again. And it's just like, it's to them, it, it, it to them, they, they can view it as just another team that they have to beat. You know, it really depends on how both teams mentally prepare. Personally, I'm sorry to go against you, but I'm going to go with the Titans because I do like Ryan Tannehill. And I do like the idea that the former Miami Dolphin is now coming out and is just coming for quarterbacks' heads in the playoffs. And uh, personally, I, I, yeah, Derrick Henry, too, is another great uh, running back. I mean, they, like Sal said, that duo is just so, it's such a dynamic duo where they both just play so well off each other that I, I want to see it continue in the playoffs. And I, I think I'm going I'm to enjoy the game regardless, but I want to see that duo continue. Titans I'm going team, with the Titans. Titans, a team that are looking to get back to the AFC championship game like they did last year and take the Baltimore Ravens out once again. Ravens looking to get the revenge game. The middle of the day game. That's on Nickelodeon. <laughs> Got about that. <laughs> is, uh, quality, quality content. Is uh, Bears Saints. Bears lost six straight games versus New Orleans. They lost to them this year. Uh, uh, they lost to them this year. Uh, last win against them was week 15, 2008. Uh, you know, th- this this hurts me. This really does. Who do you like? Who do you take? Oh, wow. What do you I, do? I, I you know what? what do you Sal, do, Sal, you want yeah. you wanted Carl's input on uh, as a fan for the you Ravens game. Yours. I want your input as you a fan for this game. game. Well, you know, obviously this could have been my team if we just would have beat the Bears two weeks ago, but we can't just sit here and say what ifs. You know. So the thing is, is this is Drew Brees of the last season, hundred percent. No matter what happens, uh, they're most likely speculation on leak. He's out. Thank God. Okay, can't wait for Sean Payton to be out next. He's another bum. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the Bears, though, you know, I got it. They're going to have, they got it. To me, if they lose, Matt Nagy's job's in question, number one. Number two, what are you going to do with Foles and Trubisky? You just took on Foles' contract into the offseason. You don't know. Number two, Tariq Cohen's out on the, uh, uh, number three, sorry, Tariq Cohen out all year with an ACL tear. David Montgomery's lighting it up. They had a 1A, 1B. Now it looks like they only need a 1A. Uh, doesn't it look like, uh, but my take on the game is uh, I'm not rooting for anybody. Um, uh, somebody's going to win, but, uh, I honestly, if I had to choose kills me, but I'd probably say I'd rather the saints win. Cause I don't, you don't want to see anybody in your division succeed unless it's you. So, well, you've no, you, you, you like the Packers. I don't fucking like the Packers. Come on. You can't do that to Mike. You no. can't do that to Mike. No, I'll be happy for them if he, they win, but no, I hope they lose to Seattle. They might. They lose to? There's a difference between what and what's going to happen. Well, you know, right? you, gotta, you know what? Who knows, dude? Last year, I feel like honestly, and I don't mean to say this, but I feel like they could get what happened to the Ra- Ravens last year. Mm-hmm. Like they feel like they're on the top. You know what I mean? Like they've been the number one team in the NFC. You know, granted the Ravens were the number two seed last year, but they had nothing to worry about. Mm-hmm. You know, get and they just get walked on. I, I just it could happen. I mean, they haven't lost in since the Colts game. You know, that's. That was like week eight that, or nine. That's a long time. No, and that's in, into that. Uh, no, Raven, I think Ravens were also the number one seed, too. That's where it was like because they were number one in the AFC. Well, no, they were, they were number two because the Chiefs had home field advantage last year. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So 
but, but th- that's what I think about too. Like just looking at these teams coming in hot and off a of buy. Some teams do great off a of buy. Right. And that's where like next week when you guys talk about it, it's gonna be really interesting to and see what happens. The Packers coming off the bye this year, they lost to Minnesota and then struggled against Jacksonville and then, then lost to the Colts, I believe, after the bye. So like they did not play well off the bye last year. Uh this season, I should say. So we'll see what happens. Uh and then we got the last and final game. Browns. Steelers. Big Ben is 23-2-1 versus the Browns all time. Uh, you know, I was I was not high on Cleveland last year. I didn't. I thought it was a bunch of, you know, baloney that everyone was like, oh, they're going to win everything. Kevin Stefanski's done a fantastic job. But the Browns can't get their COVID shit together. And they're going to have a lot of people out there. Stefanski, their head coach, not going to be able to coach. They're going to have Mike Prefer who's the special teams coordinator coach. And the last time he coached the game was for the Vikings and they lost. So that just goes to show you how much that is going to hold for him. But uh, I, I don't feel know like everything you... gets linked back to the Vikings. You know, sometimes I feel does. like no matter what piece of history you pull out, it's just like, because well, I... yeah, you know, there's this one corner for the, uh, for the, for the Dallas Cowboys who played for the Vikings. Uh, he tried out for the Vikings back in 2013 and he actually got, up. he actually caught four for 40 yards. I got history all over the place. Velarde. All over. Uh, but love what it. are you guys thinking about this game? I got Steelers. Okay. I mean, yeah. I was high on Ben all through all season. And, <laughs> yeah, they, they had a couple of hiccups here and there. They had a couple of hiccups here and there. I mean, what? That's three. Three out of the four teams in that division are in the playoffs. Yeah, and now, mind you, they were 11-0. and And they're, what, 12-4 and now? So they la- they won. 1-4. and so Which I get. Yeah, it's kind of bad. But and they don't have they still have not had a bye. Oh, and they lost to the Browns. The Steelers have yet to have a bye. Oh, that's right. They haven't they haven't had a break they, yet. They have not had a break. They got they got completely cucked by COVID. So got, the big so the biggest thing here, um, for what you guys are saying, I know we're having fun. Um yeah. looking at the last game, yeah, I was like, Well, the Browns gotta win. I, uh, the Browns won the last game, right? By two points. Yes. Yeah. They won by it was two close. With, with everything going on with COVID with them, their team still has COVID and everything. Uh, but I believe Big Ben was on the bench. There were a right. lot of players that did not play. So that is where, at first, I want to say the Browns. Um, and being wholehearted, I hate the Steelers. Uh, I don't know if we swear on the show, but I don't like the Steelers you at all. It's yeah, a, it's a podcast. Yeah, we can, we I, can yeah. swear. I'm I'm not a fan. I lost in fantasy. And the, the, the thing was, you got to buy a rival team's jersey. And I told them, I will not buy a goddamn... Ben Roethlisberger jersey because I did not like that man. So what are you gonna buy? I'm buying. Uh, it was gonna be Juju uh, jersey. And oh, it's gotta be. Oh, now you can dance on the logos. Now I can dance. Oh, it's um, gotta be a Steelers one. It's either that or the Browns. But my friend's a Steelers fan. You can't do a Bengals like a Joe Burrow. I wanted to, but they're like my buddy's like it'd be funny if you did a TikTok and you bought the jersey. So oh, I'm God, buying Chase Claypool. Sacrilegious to wear it. <sighs> Uh, yeah, no, but no, like I would probably rather die. Yeah, I'd rather die than die. <laughs> I don't know why I'm rethinking this. Like, no, I wouldn't. Um, so, but with Big Ben in, I mean, it's in a video all, game, it's, it's just, it's just all <laughs> passing with them, and that makes me think with having them all those players back in against a team where their head coach is not going to be there, it's like, it makes me want to pick the Steelers. I don't want to. Um, especially in terms of looking ahead, which don't want to do. That's what the Ravens did last year, and look what happened. But looking ahead, the lower seed wins. 
I'd rather the Ravens play the Bills, to be honest with you. Um, but the fact is, I think the Steelers will end up edging out a win on this one. Um, yeah, and I mean, you look at earlier in the season, too, if we want to get into it, uh, Steelers beat the Browns 38-7. to That was the and, week one. Yeah. And, no, not week yeah. one. Not week one. They played the Ravens week one. It was, it was one, of the, one of the first games, but being 38-7, to I'm pretty sure I can't fact check you, but almost everybody was healthy on the team. You know what I mean? It yeah. wasn't like last week, so that makes me think the Steelers are going to come in and wallop them, but um, you know, the Steelers are the only team in the AFC that does not have a run game in those playoffs. Sure. They Which only, is weird because they are they one of the best run defenses only, in the league. But they religious the, the Steelers, are you talking about offense or defense? Like of order. Well, you said you said that you don't have a run game, and I said they had the best run defenses in the league. It was just kind of like a funny Yeah, they did. Oh, but the thing is, and you look at the games, you watch the game. They don't have a run game because they pass every single play. Big Ben's confident enough to sit back there and throw it, and they do all this stuff, and they make the yards. I mean, I would, um, too, with the line that he's got. I mean, his line that's what I'm is saying. ridiculous. It's that's one of the best saying. in the league. So if a guy can sit back there all these years being Big Ben and just throwing the ball, like, by all means, keep throwing it. You have great yeah. options to throw it to as well. But you're right. Maybe it comes down to if someone can shut down the pass game, what are the what are what are the Steelers going to do? And Nick Chubb and Cream Hunt in that one-two punch are no joke. Uh, Baker's first playoff game, so we'll see what happens. Now I, I have to I got to get back to this because I need to find out more information, Carl, on on what happened here. So now did did was it the loser of the entire league, like last place in the league, or did you lose <laughs> the championship? You need to clarify. So um, loser in the league, yeah, I lost the league. Um, and the reason I lost the league is because I put my money on Lamar, but I didn't draft him to like the fourth round. I want to say, which okay. is, which is fair being seen what he did. But my problem was, I think I was the first pick and I picked Christian McCaffrey. That's what I had too. I picked so, McCaffrey. That's what killed me. And guess who got second to last? Our good friend, Matt Rollins, who also lost his other fantasy league. So, oh man, I won my life. fantasy league and I picked. Who did I pick first? Ugh, I want. I want to look. It doesn't. If you, it, if you picked in the middle, Velarde, like anybody else, you were great because if you the came, disclosure to the episode is that uh, his host Sal helped him. Uh, draft. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa! Lineup. You didn't help me draft. No, I, I helped drafted. You set your lineup. You helped me once set my lineup, team started getting wires, injured in yeah, bed, and yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. I, I came to Sal for advice on who to pick up. And he gave me one of my best acquisitions of the entire season. That was Deontay Johnson. No offense, Carl. So right. I uh, I came in fourth place. I lost to my dad in the third in the third place. <laughs> oh, but it's only fair because two years ago, uh, or three years ago at this point, I knocked him out in the uh in the round before the championship. So uh, he got his karma. But it was cool. It was fun. And the good news is too, in my work league that we paid more money for, I got third, and I also drafted Saquon Barkley. And. Uh, and I had Austin Eckler, and they See, both got I don't hurt, have a so. league punishment, and I'm commissioner for mine. I don't have a league punishment, but, like, I don't know if I can ever force them to get a rival jersey. Like, if I lost the league, bro, I'm not getting any jersey. I'm any not, of those teams. I'm not putting a, a any of those jerseys on. Oh, my God. I'm, hey, Sam, I would actually never wear a Josh Allen jersey in my life. Yeah. Like, I'm talking about, like, I, for me, my perspective, the most hatred in the division or bitterness is probably – 
your division and like the AFC North, like yeah. everyone hates each other. So I, yeah. the fact that I was the one like we should get each other's rival jerseys, and someone's like, I'll <laughs> buy the, uh, someone's like, I'll buy the apparel. I'm like, now I'm putting my money on the table. I'll buy a jersey if I lose. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, like wearing like, wearing your friend's jersey is one thing for a day, but actually spending money and buying the jersey and then yeah, having it. Had if to I were you, like, if you were in that league, I would just buy two or Ryan Fitzpatrick's jersey. He was a Jet. You know what I mean? Fitzpatrick was a Jet. Oh yeah, get Fitzpatrick's. Yeah, <laughs> like, I so mean, like, I have I have Dolphins future Patriots Sam Darnold jersey. So honestly, maybe you know, it's not over yet. Like I would probably it is it, that would be so sacrilegious. I think I'd probably burn if I. Well, well, like if you like, would you ever w- buy an Aaron Rodgers? Absolutely not. I you would probably I would probably get rather run over my foot. Well, here the here's the here's the question now. If you yeah. had the choice, if you had a gun to your head. Um, an Aaron Rodgers jersey or a Drew Brees jersey? Which jersey are you taking? I'm putting Drew Brees' jersey on. Okay, I respect wow. it. I, I respect dude, it. Dude, all right, listen. Like, I, you know my thing on the Saints. Like, I hate the Saints, but I can't – I don't hate Drew Brees. I don't hate Aaron Rodgers. I, love Drew Brees. I respect the heck out of Aaron Rodgers. I respect the heck out of Drew Brees. I just can't stand Sean Payton. He's just a dickhead. Okay, I hate him. And I hate playing Aaron Rodgers twice a year because half the time he beats me twice. So – I'm actually sending in my resume for the offensive coordinator position of the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, so I'd just like everybody to know that I'll be up in the booth next year. So if you need tickets, All right. let me know. Good, good. Can you uh, slip me in? Yeah, you know, but this is maybe, maybe, maybe we should call the game, Sal. Maybe we should go back on the radio. I can't take over Paul Allen on the radio. That's <laughs> good, bro. As long as like, as long as you can make me the water boy, that's all. Yeah. I know. Throw it down to our man, the crowd, Carl. How you doing? Hey guys, oh, I had to pay like five hundred dollars for a ticket because Sal doesn't like me. I was like, hey guys. I was thinking about it the other day, right? And I'm like sitting here, and I'm like, you know, it's kind of like it was kind of like ironic, like how we lost the game and like COVID hit, because like I would have been pissed if like they were going to the tournament. Oh my god, imagine. Hit. Right. So like I'm thinking the other day and like I was thinking about the first Geneseo game to the last Geneseo game. Right. So I'm thinking I'm like, I remember like Ben behind the booth with his Beats headphones and like just like the broadcast was like great craziness. And then, like, I think about the last game, and, like, I just remember, like, we're like, yeah, Carl, we're going to get you on. Like, you just, like, walked out of the stands, and I was like, this is just the content we needed. You know, the the dumbest thing is that I literally had a jersey on, and I I brought my WNYO jacket so I could walk up in the booth and be like, yeah, I'm here. Walk up there. (laughs) Yeah, guys. Like, like, hey, guys. The things that we got away with, like. We, I mean, we did it professionally. Like, let's be honest, it was, but it was, no, we did, we did it the right way. That's what we did. We did it the right way. Yeah, I really miss it, but you know, it is what it is. Uh, but I think next episode, now, if the Ravens win, we're and the Bills win, and they play, oh, we're bringing Carl back on. We gotta bring Carl and Matt on. We gotta get Matt in here. <laughs> <laughs> and I need to see what's gonna happen if that happens. But it, you know, it'll be chaos. Um, oh, that's great. You know, Carl, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, you know. And thank you for your Ravens sports talk. We appreciate. Yes, thank it. you. I, I'm 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 a Ravens expert. I'm a mattress expert. I know too many. Things <laughs> now, how is the uh, investment on the sleep number? Do I get something like that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. If if yeah, don't even. I just got triggered. Honestly, PTSD just kicked in hardcore, and I almost started talking about mattress. Ask me about stuff. UPS next day shipping. Yeah, that's like oh that's like when I when I still like you know I'm like oh, I don't miss working in the supermarket at all. Um, today's the senior discount day, right? No, no, it's not. That was yesterday. <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> now sales gonna be like that about raccoons, right? Yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> raccoons. Uh, yeah, you gotta love it. So, but no, well, yeah, 
that's uh, that's today's episode of the Barn Burner for Carl, Mike, and myself. We will talk to you guys next episode. Peace.